Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Kingsway Podcast from Pastor Sean. You are about to hear a message from a recent Sunday service. We consider it a privilege to be on a spiritual journey with you. So take a few moments with us and allow God to inspire you today. Today I want to remind you of this question. Are you watching? Are you watching? Last week, this was about watching the waters around you, watching things that are going on in churches around you and your families around you, and watching the types of water that you get into. Last week, we had a long time. We had no specials, so I was able to teach last week for about 40, 45 minutes talking about the waters of God. If you want to hear teaching about the waters that you're in, I really encourage you to listen to the podcast, go deeper, and take some notes and find out what water you're in. Amen, Ms. Mary? Because I tell you, some of us are hanging out in the spiritual hot tubs, and we are very comfortable where we are. And so listen to that message and see if God speaks to you. But today, I want to ask you what you're watching at. Are you watching all the kids around? Did you notice all the kids on the stage? We have a lot of kids, and that wasn't even all of them. You notice all the kids in the circle I just showed you before? In the circle before, I said, God is good. Did you notice something else about some of those kids? Maybe not. I'll point it out. Some of those kids in that circle were famous. Yeah. They were famous kids. You probably didn't notice, did you? Because I flipped through it so fast. Not everybody wants to be known when you're famous going to a small church. But I bet you would notice these people, right? If I said, if these people walked into church today, you probably would know who they are. Most of those are pretty famous. When I asked the children about other famous people, because we started talking about that, you know, you got Taylor Swift and Beyonce. You even have The Rock. Yeah, that picture in the middle, I know all of our older generation. That's Harrison Ford. Yeah, so Harrison Ford is popular amongst our little ones because of Star Wars, I suppose. So these are famous people. And as part of our VBS, we created autograph books. And we talked about what types of autographs would you want in your autograph book. And we talked about potentially having a famous person here. Now, we weren't able to get close to the famous person. We didn't want to have to do all that and mess up their whole evening and whole day. And so we just kind of kept it chill. And, and we took autographs of all the kids and all of the leaders. And that was fun. But I encourage you today to think about our children. This whole service today is going to be about our children. I want you to open up, if you can, to your Bibles, if you have them, to Luke chapter 18. If you have it, it's about halfway through your Bibles, the Gospels, Luke, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You can find Luke chapter 18. You can scan down in there. And these verses that I'm going to use for Luke chapter 18, believe it or not, these are the same verses I used for VBS. I used them for the little kids. I mean, like the three to five-year-olds. I used them from the five to seven-year-olds. And I used them from the eight to, I don't know, 13-year-olds. It's the same message. But this morning, I'm going to use a different method. Chapter 18, you'll read in here is verse 15. It says like this. One day, some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. Then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. 
anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Heavenly Father, Lord, I bless the word of God this morning. I pray, Lord God, you give us vision. I pray, Father, you give us your seed, and I pray that it gets down real deep in our soil. In this moment, Lord, I pray that we've tended some of the soil now, and we've prepared some of the soil in our lives, Lord, to be prepared for what you are about to say to us. So many times in these services, we look for such spiritual depth and such spiritual truth, make ourselves feel smarter, more intellectual, feel more deeper. But sometimes, Lord, it's the little things that are walking right past us that we miss. And so, Father God, this morning, open our eyes as we read your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Church says, God is good. And all the time. All right, let's start with this one right here. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus. I tell you, if there's one thing I can tell you right now, it is plain and simple. Parents, we will get a lot wrong. We'll dress them in the wrong clothes. We'll buy them the wrong clothes. We'll put the wrong music on, probably. We won't listen to enough Mozart or Beethoven. We won't be able to read with them the way our teachers do. We'll teach them math a different way. A number of different things will be judged as doing wrong as parents. But I tell you today, there's one thing undeniably that you can do that's not wrong. Bring your kids to Jesus. You see, it says, so that Jesus could touch and bless them. You see, back then, Jesus was straight famous. I mean, at this time in his life, he had gone from city to city to city. He had healed the blind, healed the deaf. He had raised up people who were paralyzed, who were lepers. He, uh, somebody got dropped from a roof and, and, and they couldn't move. And, and he prayed for them and they got up and walked away. Um, let's see, he blind Bartimaeus. All those things happened before this moment. I believe before this chapter, you even have Jesus walking on water. You have Jesus in front of the boat saying, peace be still, and the storms were coming. You have Jesus around 5,000 with the bread and the fishes, you know, and, and he's like, we don't have enough food. They're like, we don't have enough food, and Jesus is like, we got enough food, take another look. He prays for the food, and there's enough food. People were following him in droves. Cities around then usually were five, ten thousand 10,000 people were probably following him from city to city. So by the time he got here, he was famous, about as famous as you could get. And famous people, well, they need special attention, right? They, famous people, I mean, I'm not just talking about what they want. I'm talking about what they need, right? Any famous person that you would come in contact with, celebrity, if they're hot today, they will probably have a series of um, security detail. Yeah, they may have a special car they get into. They may have multiple cars they get into. They may have people with little ear things, you know, hanging out by them, bodyguards, you know, special people to protect them. Or people that you just are dressed in regular clothes that are, are, are keeping some of the masses away from them. And they need to do that because people sometimes meet harm or, you know, sometimes people want to you know, get up close and touch on them or pull on them. And it was no different back then. People wanted to get close to Jesus and they wanted to see who he was. But the parents wanted their kids to get closer. And you know what the parents ran into? Well, it says right here. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering them. They scolded the parents for bothering Jesus. So in my mind, it looks like this. <laughs> a set of disciples, I guess, being a bodyguard to Jesus, being in front of Jesus, not allowing the parents to get to Jesus. I ask you today, what if 
this morning, what if you couldn't get to Jesus? I mean, maybe you think Jesus is in church. And so what if we stood at the doors and we said, no, we're not going to let you in here for this reason or that. Or what if we couldn't pay our bills and we had to shut the church down and we couldn't get in here? Or what if you believe the only way you can get to Jesus is by saying a very special prayer and singing a very special song? And because we didn't say that special prayer and sing that special song, you don't feel close to Jesus. And you leave church or you leave the building, you leave unsatisfied. You leave as though your needs were not met. And what if that happened every Sunday? How would you feel? Well, I believe some of us would feel as though we would just give up. I'm done. I'm done with church. I'm done with God. I just can't feel it. He's too famous and I can't get close to him. And others, maybe they'd be persistent. Maybe they would try different churches or try different methods. They would try different ways to get close to Jesus. Today, I ask you a different question. Those bodyguards, right back in this scripture, it was pretty obvious. The disciples stood in front of Jesus. And they told the parents, they saw all the people, don't get close, don't bother. What if Jesus couldn't get close to you? What if the way the Bible worked, what if it worked out that the only way Jesus could get to, to Chuck is to go through a pastor or a bishop or a priest or a pope? You know, for many, many years, centuries even, we thought this. And we thought the only way we could have God's blessing on our life is if the pope, the bishop, the pastor, the priest did as much. Imagine how your life would be different, knowing you need a blessing, how you'd be waiting in line, how you'd be making trips, homages, and spiritual journeys just to get to these spiritual people so that God could bless you. Guys, aren't you excited this morning that there's nothing stopping you to get to Jesus? And even better, there's nothing stopping Jesus to get to you. In this story, it's awesome, right? So you have, and we lined them up yesterday. We lined up all the leaders, and we, we put a chair here. We lined up all the leaders, and we asked the kids to see if they could get through the leaders to get to the famous person. Of course, they couldn't because the leaders were big and the kids were little. You know, I asked the kids, I said, who do you love the most? Without fail, almost every kid, regardless of age, said, mommy. So imagine mommy was in the chair. And you were trying to get to mommy, but all the disciples were stopping you from getting to mommy. Imagine that. What do you think mommy would do? Do you think mommy would just sit there and say, that's okay, I don't want to be near my children? Do you think mommy would go away? No, of course, we all know what mommy would do. Mommy would bust right through those disciples, right through those bodyguards, and they would snatch up their little one and they would hug them and care for them. Amen? So don't you think that's what Jesus would do for you and me? Well, clearly, it's what Jesus did for the children. Jesus busted right through that. He said, disciples, disciples, don't stop them. Get out of the way. I want to get to my kids. Now, I, I painted the picture like this for the kids. It's the same exact story I used yesterday. If Jesus was super uber famous, right? And he was walking around on earth today, and he came to Kingsway in the flesh. The just church would be packed. Again, I don't know why it's not packed. Jesus is physically here today, but we don't see him with the same eyes. But say we did see him with our physical eyes, and Jesus was here. The church would be packed. And I bet you I'd be told by 
people more important than me to get my leaders and to like, you know, protect Jesus a little bit because everybody would be swarming him. And it'd be people in the balcony, probably climbing in the rafters over there, looking through the windows, trying to sneak a peek of, of Jesus, probably hanging up there, all sorts of people. And we wouldn't be able to see him really carefully because there'd be so many people swarming him, more than likely. Now imagine if in that swarm of people, we saw Jesus separating out the people and focusing on one individual person. We'd be pretty amazed at that individual person. We'd all be looking, who is that person? And if Jesus was saying that this person was really important, we would think that person's really important. And this is what I want to tell you about famous people. Yes, Jesus was famous. The moment Jesus told the disciples to get out of the way, the moment Jesus said, let me get to my children, the moment Jesus came to those kids and picked them up and hugged them, that moment, all the children themselves became famous. Everyone wanted to know, why is Jesus hugging those kids? What's so special about those kids? Why are kids so special? Why are kids so special? Why did Jesus hug on those kids like that? You see, in Jesus' mind, it's very different. Before I get to Jesus, I want to point out one more thing. This is a little bit of, of Bible knowledge for you. Look at these disciples. Those same disciples, whether it wasn't actually physically these guys, it was Peter, James, John, you know, the whole crew, Thomas. Those disciples, the same ones, listen to this, the same ones that were Johnny on the spot, no, no, can't get to Jesus. You may bother him. Ooh. You may, you may hurt him. Ooh. Those same disciples, those same 12, they're the same exact men, Johnny on the spot, paying attention, going to protect Jesus. They're the same men that were at the Garden of Gethsemane. The same men whose job was to protect Jesus, and they all fell asleep. And when the real... Danger came. The real men with weapons, the real men that really wanted to hurt Jesus, when they came, were they down in the spot then? Were they protecting Jesus? Were they right there? No. Jesus had to wake them up. So, so disciples will be there to block the children, but they're going to let the evil guys in. Now, before any of you say, yeah, those disciples, they got it all messed up. Disciple of Christ, disciples, disciple of Christ. Who else are disciples? Anybody know who are disciples today, who are modern-day disciples of Jesus Christ? Anybody? Yeah, yeah. You could go like this. Put your finger up and go right here. You see, we are all modern-day disciples, and the reason why this story is in the Bible is because this happens to all of us. We all think Jesus has something really important going on, that Jesus has something going on in your life or something about your church or something about your situation that you want Jesus to focus on. And you know what? The kids, they're just, they get in the way. They can be an annoyance. They can be a distraction. It's an important reason. It's why, yeah, we have kids church. And the reason we have kids church, I'm going to talk about in a second. And we have VBS, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. We have all these different things. We do. But we also love to have our kids in our sanctuary. If you don't feel comfortable to have your kids back there, you want to have them in church, fine. You want to have them in worship, fine. And you know what? If they cry a little bit, that's fine. That's what babies do. If they run around a little bit, 
that's fine. As a matter of fact, I'd rather the little kids not be held down by you guys, be up at the altar, jumping up and down and singing on stage with our worship leaders singing. I wish that was the way our little kids were. Most of them are nervous about it, but we teach them that in Sunday school. We teach them that in VBS, and hopefully they can get more akin to just being free and allowing them to express themselves. The world tells them to express themselves all the time in all types of crazy ways. Why can't we tell them to express themselves in church? And so we don't want to stop the children. Look, let's look at the next verse. It says, then Jesus called for the children. Mm. I tell you, every youth group with Chris is here. Pastor, you need to put this on the, the, the top of your door, man. Jesus called for the children. Make no mistake, we think children's ministry is second thought. We think children's ministry is something that just needs to get done, a means to an end. It's just an oversight. For us, it is not an oversight. For us, it is a core ministry at Kingsway. Do we do a great job of it? Not yet. Are we trying to? Oh, yeah. We talk about kids' church, structuring it, our leaders, how we can do better, what we can reshape, because Jesus is calling the children. Amen? It says he called, and then he said to the disciples, this is a rebuking, this is like, um, you know, a nah, 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 this is a, you know, telling them what it is. Let the children come to me, don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these little children. The part I want to focus on is right here. Don't stop them. Look, Jesus, a little more Bible knowledge for you. When he came, he was expected by the Jewish people to be the Messiah. And in Jewish people's mind, that meant he was a king. And that meant he should only hang around kingly people. He should hang around the most important people. And so instantly in Jesus' ministry, the, the Jewish people, by far and large, they rebuked Jesus. They denied Jesus because he was criticized for not hanging out with the royal people. He hung out with all these other people. Jesus' focus of his ministry was the sick. His focus of the ministry was the poor. His focus of the ministry were tax collectors. Today, there's a people you just don't like. You can fill in the blank. Whatever people group you don't like, those are tax collectors in the, in the context of biblical times. He also hung out a lot of time with the sinners. That's why I say, church, if, if I preach every Sunday and there are no sinners in the building, then we are preaching to the wrong group because Jesus came to help the sinner. Amen? And another people group that Jesus came to a lot was the children. This is the function of the church. His famous people, Jesus' famous people, were different. They weren't the kings, the Pharisees, the smartest people, the people on TV, the people everyone listened to, the politicians. He didn't, he didn't focus his ministry on those people. His famous people were the sick, the children, the tax collectors. And what if church what if we acted that way? What? What? I mean, if someone famous came through that door right now, pick your, your most famous, famous person. Beyonce comes through that door. All the kids know who Beyonce is. Say she comes through that door. Or say Harrison Ford comes through that door. Or you pick your famous person. I guarantee you it's going to cause a lot of commotion. And I guarantee you, whatever you think about church, you're going to go out there and say hi. You may get an autograph. You may find out something about the person that you didn't know. You may just want to introduce yourself. But in Jesus' mind, those aren't the famous people we should be focused on. What if we, so excited and all bent up in arms, what if we got all pumped up when new people came through that door? 
when people who obviously were caught in a life of sin and addiction came through that door? Or what about when little new babies we've never seen before come through that door? What if we acted like Jesus himself walked through this church? Because Jesus sent them to us. Church, we got to get in our minds today that God is telling us to refocus our perspective, get out of our personal hot tubs and start getting deep with the Holy Spirit and noticing God is putting famous people in your life every single day. I pray with every single one of them kids and I've reminded every single one of them, you are famous. You are holding, when they were praying with each other, each other's hands, you are holding a famous person's hand right now. Each one of you are going to grow up to do something bigger than you could ever do by yourself. God has a plan for you and parents and friends, we need to be telling our children this and allowing them to dream big. Amen? What if we acted that way? You know, when I thought about this, I was trying to figure out why did the disciples stop them? Just real quick, I had a couple ideas I wanted to share with you. One reason the disciples stopped them was just straight pride. They really thought Jesus had more important things to do than deal with the children. And we got to be careful in church today. We got to make sure that we as church leaders, as church pastors, as Church, older generation, younger generation, middle generation, we got to make sure we don't somehow come to the conclusion that there's something more important to do in the church than minister to our kids. Amen? Number two, I think, I think this. What if the parents didn't bring them to Jesus? This would be a terrible reason for kids not to hear about Jesus. If no parent brought the child to Jesus. So in the scriptures, you see the parents wanted to bring them to Jesus. And I encourage you guys today. I encourage you, if your grandparents, if your parents, if you're friends of a parent, I have people here who brought their kids who's not even their kids. They're their neighbor's kids. They bring them with their kids. Bring your kids to church. Let them hear about Jesus. You see, we need to be less focused on stopping our kids from hearing about Jesus and helping find ways for our kids to hear about Jesus, which is why we do VBS. Amen? It's why we do VBS. We want them to hear about Jesus in their own way. It's why we do all these different things out there. Uh, infant nursery, walking nursery, toddler nursery, big kids church. We do this so they hear about Jesus their way. And this is the, this is the last point on this I want to make. When we do baby dedications, we, we talk about this verse right here. So often in church, especially if church has been around a long time, and our church has been around almost 100 years, so it can happen here. We begin to think, kids, babies, they have a place. We should just put them back there. And not only do they have a place, they should learn about Jesus the same way I learned about Jesus. They should learn the Beatitudes. They should learn the Lord's Prayer. They should learn the Apostles' Creed. And by the way, yeah, we teach all of our kids those things. But they should learn about Jesus in a quiet setting with a teacher at a chalkboard. You know, we had chalkboards in every one of these rooms. And we had teachers doing it. Last church cleanup day, we got rid of every chalkboard. I couldn't see it. I couldn't stand them anymore. Our kids do not want to look at chalkboards. See, we have to allow our children to come to Jesus their way. They have to understand Jesus in their mental model, in their way. We got to find more creative ways to do it. Not just whiteboards, but videos and music, and games, and younger leaders, and older leaders. We need to teach them about Jesus any way we can figure out how to do it. That is what God is calling us to do. And anything short of that is stopping these little children from coming to him. Amen. This is why we are trying to focus 
on our little children because Jesus says so. And I tell you, whether it's youth group or whether it's VBS, we got to find methods and methodologies to allow our kids to come to Jesus their way and for us not to get in their way in the process. So I ask you this again. Why did Jesus make a such a big deal about these little children? Well, for starters, as I mentioned, children need to hear about Jesus in a simple, easy story. And he's reminding us that, huh, many of these kids didn't know about Jesus. When I asked them here on the second day, they were all sitting here, I showed them these crosses. I asked some of the kids what happened on the cross. Some of the kids didn't know. They didn't know what happened on the cross. And of the kids that didn't know what happened on the cross, I asked myself, what happened after the cross? And there was still a bunch of kids who had no idea what happened after. So here's what's so amazing. I did not share with them what happened after the cross. I said, does anybody know what happened after the cross? And of course, there was a bunch of kids that did. I said, why don't you share with your friend what happened after the cross? And I watched two, a five-year-old or a six-year-old and a seven-year-old have a conversation about Jesus right in front of me. And at the end of that little story that she told him, he went, oh, wow. If you have problems, anxiety, struggles telling people about Jesus, come try with the little kids. Some of them haven't heard it. Some of them would love to hear what you have to say. And when you're done telling the story about Jesus, tell them your story about how you found Jesus. And you'll probably see wide eyes and open mouths. Wow. And the first time you experience that, I tell you, it's like a drug. There's no going back. And you'll start telling bigger kids and bigger kids and bigger kids. Soon you'll either be with Chris doing it at youth group or you'll be doing it here in one of our small group settings or maybe up here at the pulpit. Amen? It's very easy. You tell a story. Look, all of you know a story about Jesus. You all know what happened on the cross. You know how he got there. You know what happened afterwards. Start with that story. Tell it in your own words. Find creative ways to tell that story. They tell every strategic businessman, if you are in business and you are an entrepreneur, they tell everyone to have a sound bite, have a pitch, have a two-minute, it used to be two-minute, now it's 30-second, have a 30-second elevator pitch. I even break it down to 15 seconds. If I'm in an elevator with somebody super important, I want to know who I am, I got 15 seconds of exactly what I want to tell them. The question is, is if I'm in that same elevator, I want to tell them about Jesus, do I have a 15-second sound bite to tell him about Jesus? It's a shame when I think about that. No, I got my own story down in 15 seconds. I can't tell them about Jesus in 15 seconds. I need to get better. And each one of you can work on some way to introduce Jesus in 15 seconds or less. And I tell you, the more that you think about it, the easier it gets. And for me, it became so easy. Now, you know what I say? I don't tell the whole story. When they say, how you're doing, they say, I'm doing good. I say, no, I'm not doing good. God is good. Then he looks at me funny. I says, all the time. He says, well, I said, all the time, God is good. He goes, oh, I get it. You walk out the elevator. You see what I'm saying? You guys can do that. You can art. It's Kingsways. It's not trademarked. All right, I want to finish up here. I want to finish up here. Why did Jesus make a such big deal about the little children? Well, maybe somewhere, somewhere in Scripture, it says something about little children that means more than just little children. Let's look at this one. It's one of my favorite ones. First John chapter 3, verse 1. It reads, See how very much our Father in heaven loves us. For he calls us, he calls us, 
And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. You see, church, stop going around trying to tell how great you are. Just tell them how great he is, and then they'll recognize who you are. We are little children. All of us in different walks of life. We talked about it. The little kiddie pool. You know, remember last week? We talked about that little kids and kids. We talked about the, the hot tub. We talked about water up to our waist. We all are toying around with water, spiritual waters. Like little kids. It's too cold. I can't get in. You know, like little kids. That's how we all are when it comes to spiritual things. Listen to that message and realize it's time to understand we need to approach it. If we are little children, we need to approach it like little children. And I need a way to tell you, what, how do little children approach things? There's so many ways I can't do it in five minutes, but I can share it real quick. Here's what I know about my little kids. Let me take Griffin, for instance. He's the fourth in our little tribe. And he, he is very persistent. He forgets nothing. Dad, you said you were going to take me to Target. Next day. When are we going to Target? Next day. When are we going to Target? Next day. When are we going to Target? I got this game one time. It's this laser game. It takes like an hour to set up. And you climb through these lasers and the house buzzes. It goes crazy. I hate this game. He loves this game. We set it up. And I go, it's not that bad. I set it up one time. It's not that bad. I played it. He goes, Dad, isn't this fun? I go, yes, Griff, it's fun. He goes, when are we going to play it again? I said, I don't know. I can't play it every day. He goes, how about once a week? I said, okay. I can probably play it once a week. A week doesn't go by. He goes, Dad, it's once a week. Dad, it's once a week. Kids are persistent. We need to be persistent. Kids love their mommies and daddies. They love them so deeply. And their persistence for their mommies and daddies goes without bounds. They know how to show their love. They run up and hug mommies and daddies and cuddles with mommies and daddies. Do we love Jesus like that? Do we are so persistent we want to spend time with him? We want to hug on him and allow him to hug on us? Do we want to recognize that he is our famous person in our life? He is our spiritual parent. He is our father. I have a little video here. Turn the lights down here. It's a real short one-minute clip of my son, Griffin. He's a little bit older. He's got a diaper on here. But I think the clip does a great montage of what I'm talking about here. Let me share it with you. Yeah. Those are my shoes. There's Griffin. He's trying to put on my shoes. Now he's trying to walk in my shoes. Too big. He tries again. This is the persistence, church. Persistent. I can do it persistent I'm gonna do it now watch I don't help him watch this Can you give me a hug? he goes and gets the shoe I'm gonna do it dad I'm gonna do it I love you daddy I love you daddy look at his face look at his face <laughs> right there you bring lights up church what I want to share about this video here the last thought I have about little children one thing is clear they grow up you need to buy them bigger clothes so they can grow into it. Every parent knows this. This is a picture of his shoes. They are mine. They're his because one day he'll wear them, but not today. He's practicing in them now. The Bible talks about this as a mantle. It says that as parents, we bless our children, we put a mantle on them. In 1 Kings 19, 19, Elijah and Elijah, Elijah comes by and he throws his mantle on Elisha. And it's way too big for him. It's like shoes. The coat was way too big. It didn't fit him. God puts mantles on children. And we need to grow into them. It's like our big brother clothes or our mommy's clothes. They're not supposed to fit right now. 
We need to grow up and grow into those. And God has put all these things on you as little baby spiritual children. Some of you have been in, in Christ for probably 60 years, I know. I've spoken to you. And still, we are children of God. Some of us need to grow into our mantle. We need to grow into the clothes that God has given us. Just like Griffin, we need to be persistent. We need to show that love, and we need to keep growing into that as individuals. You know, here's another picture so you can kind of see what it looks like. These are the clothes that we have. They don't feel real good. We need to grow into our position. We need to recognize that our children are growing into position. Our worship team right here that you worship with, once upon a time, were in our kids' church. All of them. They were little ones. If not this kid's church, some other kid's church. Those little kids you saw up here dancing and singing, these will be our leaders. These, and I don't mean like 20 years from now. I mean, you can see Lance and Austin and, and Logan and the Lucas boys and all helping out in church today. A lot of this can, couldn't be done without our kids. And they're growing into their position. Are you with me, church? I need you to encourage them. I need you to encourage yourself that you may not feel real comfortable all the time in church, but you are a child and God wants you to come towards him. He wants nothing to stop you and he wants you to grow in that. Amen. We at Kingsway hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Sean. It was not by chance you listened to it. God is speaking to you. Visit kingswaycc.org to find the podcast from Pastor Sean. We pray today that this somehow inspired you to draw closer to God and to connect with His people, His purpose, and His power. God bless you.